0: I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And they lift one over the top of Danny Inns, He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a.
1: Joining us this week to discuss Saturday's trip to Anfield, we are delighted to welcome Saints writer Luke Osmond, and we'll be pressing him for his thoughts ne- over next week's fourth round replay against Spurs 2. We have, of course, the ITN news to chew through and our usual Super Six fantasy football. But first, my co host, the one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> That was better than last week. Uh, how are you feeling? Because you were a little bit under the weather.
2: It was a false alarm. Yeah, I didn't have the Chinese plague after, or I managed to shake well, it that's off. That's um, nice. Feeling all right, yeah. Um, I've only got myself to blame for how I today. I think um, I took that result yesterday a little bit too close to heart and um overindulged a little bit. Shall well, we say.
1: that's the only way to deal with it sometimes, so I don't uh, argue with you for that one. Um, but yeah, how's your week been?
2: Very, very busy, yeah. Absolutely knackered. But um, yeah, it's good to have a couple of days off.
1: You no, know, um, it's uh, Super Bowl tonight, isn't it? So I'm going to be um staying Course. up, staying up for that one, and uh, yeah. But first, we'll uh, we'll get this get this one out of the way, shall we? <laughs> Should be a fun one to talk about.
2: You know, we've got great company for getting through it.
1: We do actually, yes. And let's let's bring him in now because we've been wanting to get him on for a while. So, Luke Osman, welcome. How are you? And a very warm welcome to in that number.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me on, gents. I'm doing okay. How are you both?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose I was all right. Even up to half time yesterday, I was feeling good, feeling really positive still. <laughs> We've still got a try, haven't we?
0: Absolutely, it was a disappointing result, but pretty harsh on us. In yeah. all honesty, the first first half was first half was decent. We were competitive and put it this way: I'd much rather we went to Liverpool, lost four nil playing our way, and put eleven men behind the ball and lost one nil.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I to- totally agree with you there. Um, Right, but first, before we get into the game, can you tell us about yourself and you know how you're involved with the club and what it is you you write? Yeah,
0: so I've supported tapes all my life. I've been a season ticket holder for a few years now, and over the course of the past sort of four or five years, I've wrote regular articles on Southampton for a website called Read Southampton, part of the fresh press media read network uh I write sort of semi regular opinion pieces on the club just to sort of give my thoughts and put put my verdict out there.
1: And very good they are too. Thank you very much.
2: This is ITN in that number news.
1: Okay, so ITN news, lots of news to chat through this week. So I'll start with, yeah, okay, we'll start with with Kyle Walker Peters, the loan deal for a fullback that we desperately need. Um, with apparently no option to buy But nevertheless you know He's going to hopefully do us a steady good job Until the end of the season uh, Luke, what are your thoughts about this one?
0: I think on paper it's a decent signing it's, it's not one that I'm overly excited about Necessarily Perhaps I'd feel a little bit different if there was that option Or even an obligation to buy him But it seems clear to me that at this moment in time He is very much a stopgap Valerie's back mm-hmm. in training But when he returns I don't think we know yet Obviously Cedric's now gone so we we're still sort of at square one. We still need a right back in the summer. But um, until then, Carl Walker-Peters will do. But I, I believe that, as as is the case with any player, let alone a young one, he's going to need a lot of time to adjust to the demands of Hazard system. Can't really expect miracles from a player who, as far as my calculations go, I think I read that he has played less than a thousand minutes of senior football. That's right. That's, yeah. that's, that's a really small sample size to judge a player on. But from what I've seen, he's a good young player, forward thinking, he makes good decisions, and he's quite decent at both ends of the pitch. So, It'll be interesting to see how he gets on if he's an immediate upgrade on Cedric and it's it's a tricky one because Ralph does require a lot of intensity at you know both ends of the pitch from the fullbacks.
1: Do you I mean you say you weren't overly excited about it but do you think partly because we will not get that option to buy him or do you think there will be a chance that we can snap him up or do you think that you know Daniel Levy is going to price us out of it?
0: I think that's probably the intention for Spurs I'd argue that it's a better deal for them than it is for us.
1: Yeah, because I it. guess they can set his price based on performance and, and and appearances and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, for them, if Cole Walker Peters comes here, plays eight games, and he flops, they'll they'll be they'll be in a position where they can say, "Well, we can loan him out next season and hope for the best." Don't then have to cash in on him. Whereas if he has a really really good second half of the season here, ultimately, then you've got a twenty-two, twenty-three year old English right back who has Premier League experience and showing you can do it in different systems, but then you're looking at 20, 25 million. Yes. And I think with the with the way that our club runs and the sell-to-buy kind of ethos that, sadly, Gal has implemented, I think that would price us out. So yeah. it's a it's a double-edged sword for us, really.
1: I think we were discussing, I was discussing it with Freddie from the other inside, and he said, yeah, anything more than 15 million quid, we just look to youth. We just won't, yeah. won't dip our hands in for that one. Um, Kevin, transfer window. I'm sorry to say that it's shut now so you can't do your uh, audacious rumours every week.
2: Yeah, although we do have another kind of incoming uh player who's coming from from the youth team, a uh, 17-year-old midfielder and Galgelo Chehoke. Um, I'm so glad you said that. It's <laughs> I <Some eyes.
0: laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, he's um yeah, apparently been impressive impressive the under 18s and uh under 23, his first professional contract until June 2022. I don't think we're going to see anything other than this season, but um, yeah, who knows?
1: Um,
2: maybe next season yeah. might be able to see it on the bench. Yes. Possibly,
1: possibly. So those are the ins. Now we should go with the outs. So we said goodbye to two Saints this week. We had yeah. Cedric obviously move to Arsenal on loan for the rest of the season. Um, and then the one that got me was the very popular Maya Yoshida, he was moved to Sampdoria for the rest of the season, guys, I mean, how are we feeling about this news? I mean, Cedric was expected, I suppose, but Maya really caught me off of guard, it was, it was probably quite a sad one.
0: Yeah, I was, I was gutted, to be honest, I was gutted to see him go, I understand that Ralph obviously wants to look towards the future, that is the plan, that's the philosophy, and maybe some people are going to see it as good business for a player whose contract does expire soon, but... I think only time's going to tell if, if it was worth the extra couple of million. If, if Fedner or Stevens get an injury, Dando's very rule and Best God's proven that he's a liability, I'm afraid. Um, mm. But either way, I think I think speak for most Saints fans when I say that I wish him all the very best. I'm, I'm sad that he's gone because he's been a part of an incredible journey. But his work, not just for the club and the city, but for the city and its community through initiatives like the Saints Foundation will always make him something of a cult hero here. Um, so, yeah, I'm disappointed he won't actually have a testimonial. I I was kind of hoping Hmm. something like that would come about, but he was a model pro, and I expect he'll be missed in the dressing room.
1: Uh, I mean, there there might be an opportunity for him to come back. I mean, if he doesn't accept another contract at Sampdoria, you would like to think that if we were to offer him another one-year deal, he would take it. I I mean, I I don't expect it's going to happen, but maybe I'm just hanging on to something that is, you know, that that is possible still.
0: Yeah, I I think it would be... It would be lovely. I think he's still a decent, a decent backup defender. Not good enough to start nowadays, it's but a decent ball, backup. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's that's the word. Um, he's he's a six out of ten every week, and sometimes those players you do need them. But unfortunately, I think something like that won't happen just purely because. I mean, we've made four signings under Ralph Hasenhuettel, and the oldest they've been a, been twenty three, and Mario Yoshida's thirty one now, and it's it's been clear that he's. I think he's peaked. I think he's declining, and maybe a move to Italy is going to going to suit him well. And I think I think it, it could be a good move for him as a player.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Luke said about the uh, the fact that it could be good business for the Saints, you know, letting Cedric go and Yoshida go when their contracts are expiring. But I know how you feel about my Yoshida, Kev. That you're like every other Saints fan, really. But what, what did you think about the Cedric news?
2: Um, so, I mean, we we kind of expected that, and yeah. I think. Um, Kyle Walker pieces is part of that plan of um, Cedric moving out and yeah having an option with Valerie question marks over him in the squad uh, does give us uh, more than one option at right back but yeah with regards to Yoshida um, yeah so were saying I've kind of grown to love him and he's been in the team as long as we've been back in the Premier League Um, To be honest, when he was first playing, I didn't really rate him that much. I mean, he had a a lot of mistakes in him, didn't he? Mm. Um, It was him and um, Jost Heufeld for pretty awful (laughs) defences there. But um, he seems to have grown and matured, and um, yeah, I think we're going to miss him. As Luke said, uh, we do not have many options um, in central defence now. And um, I think we're going to miss him in the squad. I think he's going to be missed in the dressing room, mm-hmm. for sure, as one of those players that um, is looked up to in the squad. And um, he's really increased our following in Japan. Um, where he's a, a really big deal as uh, captain of the Japan side. And, yeah, in the city, in the community, um, all the work that he's done with the Saints Foundation and everything. So, yeah, I think just like um, Stephen Davis this time last year, we're losing a kind of club legend, but I suppose if it is a loan deal, so he's still officially our player, so yeah. maybe
0: he could get the testimonial.
1: Yeah, um, am I right in thinking as well that his last game was that Leicester one?
0: He uh, um, he, he came on, he came on a couple of times, didn't he? Oh, okay. he started, Good. he started against <laughs> Huddersfield. Huddersfield in the cup, so it wasn't Perfect he, Okay, that's say, fine. <laughs> you could say he didn't he didn't he didn't bow out without a clean sheet. That's good. No, I was just Which thinking that it just
1: something that <laughs> went through my mind there. I thought maybe please tell me that wasn't his last game, was it? But no, that's fine. <laughs> I is, that. His lasting <laughs> memories. <since Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Kevin, any more players that we've uh, sent out?
2: Yeah, um, Ken Ramsey. He's gone off to Shrewsbury Town on loan until the end of the season. He's gone off to so the Liverpool got, in the
1: next round of the cup. Yes,
2: that's what I was going to say. he have got one Saints player he has got a chance of beating Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah. Also, um, Callum, Callum Splattery, as I've like, been autocorrected in my notes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Kevin yeah. Slattery. Uh he's gone to up to join Dutch side uh, de Graafschap oh, Cup. Very, a very good, back. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so you're gonna get your Speed McLaren out there.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um I also um, heard rumours, sorry before, sorry to butt in, but um that Kevin Dantzro's uh, loan could be terminated. Um, Luke, did you hear about that one?
0: Yeah, I, I heard that there were rumours, but and it sounds as though there was there was interest from clubs across Europe, but I think with the transfer window now closed, and given that we've obviously we've obviously let Yoshida go, I can't see us being being that rash. Mm. I think we've we've made we make some peculiar decisions with our players, <laughs> but but um to say the very least. But I I don't think we'll leave ourselves with just three centre backs with you know you know for the rest of the season, especially given that you know it was only a week or two ago that we were open to let Investor God go. Yeah. So. I think I think Danzo will be here to stay until the end of the season but I'd be very, very surprised if we activated our option to sign him.
1: Having said that, he's not really a centre back either, is he? <laughs> because we've not played him there so
0: Well exactly. He's <laughs> he's been largely farmed out on, on the right and on the left and I do feel a bit sorry for him do, because yeah. it's it's not it's not his natural position and he's played there, by my recollection, twice, Fulham away and City away, both in the Carabao Cup. Mm. And I actually think he was quite good in both games. Um the city away when he took a took a, a free header off of Agüero's head, he he looked reasonably comfortable. But I think the the partnership of Stevens and Bednarek has been very impressive in the past six or seven weeks. And if Ankre don't fix it, kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, Kevin, yeah, Sorry.
2: another another minor out, and it's not Neil Shafferley this time. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, so. Yeah, Macclesfield they've signed uh, young midfielder Harry Hamblin on a free transfer. Okay. That runs up Williams.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and other news that uh, Jan Valery, as you mentioned, Luke, at the start, that he could be back. Well, he is back in training, so after his, well, his mysterious illness, as it were. But yeah, he um, hopefully should be back soon and he'll be competing with Kyle Walker Peters, most probably. Um, another bit of news that you probably all know about as well is that we are, if we can get through that Spurs replay on Wednesday night, we will be at home again to Norwich. Similarities drawn from that 2003 Cup Final run where we played Spurs and Norwich at home. So yeah, could be a spooky one, Kev. It's
2: a big if, though, isn't it?
1: It is a big if, yeah. <laughs> and last bit of news: I want to say that Jack Stevens has been nominated for the Premier League's Player of the Month for January. That you know, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant recognition that a Saints defender has been nominated in the Premier League. That's really, really, really good. Um, but more importantly, Kevin, was he nominated for the official In That Number Player of the Month?
2: Well, uh, he was, in fact. Um, let see, that's more Jack fucking Stevens, as we call him <laughs> on here, and he came up on the poll. Um, <laughs> so I'll take him in reverse order. Our four nominees were Nathan Redmond, he got 6%. James Ward-Pras, 16%. And then it's between Danny Ings and Jack fucking Stevens. And Jack fucking Stevens gets it with 49%. Oh, well, of- I'm
1: so glad, because mm. we've had Danny Ings has been our... Uh, player of the month for the last four months hasn't he so but Jack Stevens has been brilliant uh, since, since he's been back into the side so yeah well done somebody else gets yeah. the trophy it's
2: good so, yeah, we're nearly going to call it the Danny Ings trophy yeah, yeah.
1: Um, um, goal of the month
2: goal of the month yeah Danny Ings has only got one goal in this uh, month's goal of the month that was his effort against first New Year's Day yeah um, So, yeah, I'll take them also in reverse order. Uh, Jake Bokins, Strike against Huddersfield, 7% of the vote. Armstrong's against Palace, uh, 12%. And um, very close second was Danny Ings against Spurs, with 34% of the vote. Rebben's goal against Palace as well. That
1: is a shocker. How can that beat the Danny Ings goal? I mean, Luke, what what was your thoughts on that one?
0: Just brilliant goals, to be fair. All All of them were just fantastic, fantastic technique. I think... I'd have probably given it to Redmond as well ah. for, for the the way you, the way he brings it down, the way he evades the challenges, shields the ball, and then unleashes a shot like that. I it think it in the opposite corner that I was
1: expecting was, as well. So yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I think it, it was. Those, I think those goals are the best when they take the keeper by surprise and you, you hear the ball cannon out of the net. Yeah, that, a, yeah, I love them ones. Do you really know what
1: though? I mean? the the Armstrong one. I think was probably I don't know. I mean, Kev, didn't you say? Didn't you think the Armstrong one was better than the Redmond goal?
2: Yeah, yeah. on the day. I think individually, any of those goals on a regular month, you'd probably take it. Yeah, but you say I mean,
1: Vokins get 7%. That was a cracker.
2: That was, a, yeah. Just out of nowhere.
1: Uh, uh. Oh, well. But well done, Nathan Redmond. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. So, on to the Liverpool game from yesterday. So, the score says... 4-0, but we were better than that. Um, goals from Ox, Henderson, and two from Salah. Um, I'm going to go through the starting 11 and tell me what you think about it, guys. Um, McCarthy, James Wood-Prowse at right-back. Stevens, Bednarik, Bertrand. Gianepo comes in. Hoiberg, Remeu, Redmond, Ings, Long. So the four changes from that Palace game. Obviously, Cedric's off to Arsenal. Romeu comes in as Prowse shifts to right-back. Gineppo is pretty much a straight swap for the injured Stuart Armstrong. And Danny Ng starts. Um, Luke, i disappointed to see Proustie back there, or did you feel it was the only option?
0: Yeah, I think Hazard had his hands tied, if I'm honest. Um, if Kevin Danzo had perhaps performed a bit more reliably against Spurs, he'd have probably got his got his place at right back. But I think in the game against Liverpool where they play with such dynamism, where they stretch the pitch, I think you had to have a bit more of a calmer head. And I just think that Danzo seems so, so uncomfortable at Mm -hmm. right back that he had no choice. I think at least with Prowse on the right, you can can count on his ability to know how to utilise space. He's a very, very clever player. He's played on the right midfield. He's played sort of as a right-sided central midfielder. And it's not a natural fit. He was always going to... Look a little bit out of sorts there, but I think it was probably the best option on the day because I think if if Kevin Danso had started at right back, probably through no fault of his own, it could have been an even uglier scoreline and we might we might not have been in the game for as long as we were.
1: Yeah, that was my worry as well. But I did actually think at one point, even on Saturday morning, that Valerie could be in just in time, and I thought that would be mm-hmm. that would be good. But Kev, what did you think about the starting eleven and indeed in Prousey being back there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought because um, well, we thought Carl Walker Peters um, coming straight in throwing the defence, but yeah, Hassan hood made it clear in the press conference that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so made with
0: like
1: Valerie's training,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, with Valerie in training, I thought, um, okay, we've you know got an option at right back there, but obviously he's not either up not, not up to match fitness or not up to the job. So, how's the, yeah, it's the best of uh, some not particularly ideal options. But then, yeah, that brings Romero back into the squad, um, which is fine. Um, yeah, Gineppo, yeah. Gineppo I mean, over Bouffaou.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I did think Bufau was going to get the nod just because of that goal, to be honest, um, against Spurs, but... It doesn't matter. I mean, they're both pretty much like the impact player that you need. One on the bench would have been such a problem. Um, and I run through that bench. So Gun, Gunn, Vestergaard, Adams, Bufal, Oberfemi, Smallbone and Danso. All right, Luke, um, we'll go into the into the game. Um, how did you see the start of it for us, leading up to that, that phantom back pass from Andy Robertson?
0: Yeah, I think we, we, we kept our shape well. It, it can be very, very easy to kind of lose the game before it started when you come up against a team of such strong mentality and such strong reputation um but I think that we we looked pretty comfortable in the opening exchanges I think that we for, for large parts we did match them and we, we started on the front foot as I said sort of at the start of the show it's, it's better to play our way and lose convincingly than to than to turn in a tepid performance to to roll over and to to sit deep we we, we, we led from the front and as we do against any team and it's nice to know that we've got a set philosophy that doesn't necessarily Change depending on the opposition we play.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and
2: you, Kev? I, th- I thought we. I thought we were quite strong. I, I think it kind of smacked of those third two City games that we had after the Leicester, and we had a really kind of strong, disciplined back line. You could put a ruler down, and know um, yeah, seemed to be dealing with Liverpool quite proficiently, I thought.
1: Yeah, some would argue that we had the best of chances as well in that first, you know, in the ongoings of the, of the match. Um, And then, as I say, that, that back pass from Andy Robertson that, that Alisson picks up. Uh, I mean, if that's unintentional, then what the fuck was he supposed to be doing? I mean, that was outrageous. Uh, you, you get those decisions at Anfield. I'm going to say it. <laughs> and they knew as well. I mean, A- Alisson looked embarrassed. Um, And then, you know... Say it again, Kevin Friend, up to his usual tricks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean it's it's no it's no surprise that Kevin Friend in a Liverpool game against Southampton has has done us over again. Mm-hmm. But what I would say as well is that the VAR for that match was Simon Hooper. If you cast your cast your mind mm-hmm. back to when we drew two, think two, two two with Watford, yeah. Charlie Austin had a, yeah, that's
1: a right absolutely
0: match. fine goal disallowed.
1: Rashida was in an offside position or something, wasn't it? That, that one, yeah. yeah.
0: And Simon Hooper for me is. And it's, by quite a distance, the worst referee in the Premier League. So he was in charge of VAR, which has been a farce in itself anyway this this season. And when you've got Kevin Friend, who appears to be easily swayed, mm. is what I would say. Um, Especially there. It, exactly, exactly. And I think that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. And I think what I will say is to, to take a more unbiased approach is that Yes, he screwed us over. Liverpool should have had a Stonewall penalty as well. It was just a terribly officiated game, in our opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, OK, so we'll go into their, their call as well. Um, we've, we, I mean, we had a couple of efforts to say Genepo was testing Alisson from range. Um, so, yeah, you brought up the penalty. I mean, to me, what Long was doing for Firmino is a penalty. He's got his arms draped all around him. I think they were around his neck at one point, weren't they? Um but I don't think I don't think Firmino covered himself in glory with the way that he went down. I mean, do you think, Kev? Do you think that maybe that was his undoing, or do you think do you stand by the decision that yeah, I think that that was a penalty?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's not a sort of rough and egregious takedown, but yeah, he does go down lightly. Maybe that went against That's him. So what it, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't see how that wasn't given. But I mean, yeah, maybe maybe,
1: I maybe Kevin Friend thought, you know, if I give a penalty there, then I'll really cop some abuse, pun intended. So, yeah, maybe he just thought, let's it out now, let's continue with the game, which obviously is not the right way to officiate a game, but maybe that's what he thought. Who
2: knows what's going through his head. <laughs> not,
1: not him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, as Luke said as well, we were creating the chances, we took it to them as well, we had, like, no fear and... It was nice to see because we weren't sitting back and letting them go for it. And Liverpool was sloppy at the back. I think Gomez gave an opportunity to long twice, didn't he? I think he tried to clear it and then he he headed it to nowhere. I don't know what he was doing. Um, And then seconds later, Gomez was caught with his pants down again and Ings robbed him. And then Allison had to come to the rescue. So, yeah, I mean, mm. you couldn't really ask for more aside from putting the ball in the back of the net.
2: Yeah, I think there's a, a few missed opportunities. Um, yeah, that Gineppo shot from distance, um, I don't know what he was doing. Um, Ings was sort of calling out for it. He was ready to make the run, but Gineppo decided to fire on in. And then, yeah, Long, he had, uh, he had two chances there. Yeah, Van Dyke sort of heads it back to him, um, but it's quite a tame, tame shot that gets, gets saved. And. Yeah, I think we had we had all the chances in that first half. Um, yeah, we had ten shots, uh, four on target. Um, wow. to, that, to that, yeah, I mean they also had four shots on target. So I mean, I think we were equal teams, but I think our chances were much better, mm. and none of them involved a handball either. <laughs>
1: um, now then, Luke, the penalty shout, the other penalty shout. Um, what about this one? I mean, why was that one not given? I'm talking about the Ings one.
0: Honestly, your guess is as good as mine. I I feel I feel like this season the rules change with every game that passes. Um, it's it's blatant, isn't it? Yeah. Pabinio sticks his leg out. He trips Ings. He impedes him, and you know a lot of other Premier League forwards would have made a made more of a meal out of that. He
1: tried to stay um,
0: up. Yeah, he tries to stay up because he's in. He's, he's confident. He's in good form. He's an honest player, and he wants to score goals.
1: Against but, the whole club as well. So, yeah. exactly but
0: um i you know I, I I don't know if this was the case, but on match of the day last night they they did say that it was it was checked they they did say that the a r did did assess whether or not that was a penalty, and they came to the conclusion that, that clearly it wasn't, but it kind of okay. it just reverts back to my old point about you know you've got Kevin friend a, a substandard referee, and then the man in charge of the a r substandard as well, so ultimately it, <laughs>
1: This, this you're going to be
0: caught.
1: You say yeah. I mean, Kevin Friend was right near, right near the the, uh, the trip. So I mean, why? I mean, he didn't give the penalty, did he? So VAR checked it. VAR are too afraid to go against the referee's decision. They will not do it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't have the stats on this, but it does seem like that if the referee does not give the on-field decision, and then, then VAR does not seem to want to overturn it. It's
2: not yeah. that he didn't give the decision. Um, he straight away said no. And didn't even stop playing. But He was standing
1: so. right there. I mean, how closer could you be? I don't know what he was looking at.
2: But he, yeah, he saw it and decided that that wasn't wasn't a foul.
1: So then, why did VAR need to look at it again then? Yeah, so, right. because they're not going to overturn him anyway. So what's the point? It's just I don't know. Um, and of course, you know, you know what happens then. They went up the other end straight away and punished us. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: after battling so hard, and you know being more than more than equal to their efforts, we find ourselves one nil down harshly. And from then, you know, it it started falling apart quicker than Jabba the Hutt's diet plan. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I carry on. Lou, yeah. Was it was it it of just like like hopelessness and the heads dropped and that was it?
0: It's it's very difficult. I think that when you when you go one nil down in any game in any Premier League game it's it's always gonna be an uphill battle. But we've we've shown we've shown in recent weeks that, that we, we do have the capacity to do it. We we went one nil down against Leicester, came back in one two one. I just think mm. that the the way in which this Liverpool team carry themselves you, you just you can't beat them. You, you just can't beat them. I don't know what it is. Mm. Um is there's something intangible about this Liverpool side that I don't think anyone can quite put their finger on. But they were pretty average in the first half but then in the second half they you know turned up a gear and we ultimately couldn't match that I think that our defending was sloppy very sloppy in mm-hmm. the It's sort of as time wore on but that's what Liverpool do they don't they don't wear you down with incredible passes they don't wear you down with incredible phases of play they wear you down mentally they tire you out they know exactly how to go about winning games and that's why they are one of the best teams I've ever seen and it's why I've got no you know, you never like to lose a, a game of Premier League football four nil, but you kind of look at it and think we went there, we gave it our all, we we played our way, and on another day we go one nil up, and it's it's a different game. We we just we just don't know, but um, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of the lads, though. You know, it's, it's it's okay.
1: Yeah, you can be proud after a four nil loss, but in that regards, yeah, because like you say, they they can just turn it on just like that, and I think Klopp needs a lot of. A lot of praise for what he's well, what he's done at half time He must have done something or said something And changed that up a little bit to make them come out there But then again, as you say, Liverpool are playing With so much belief and confidence They probably don't need that anyway They can just go out there and say Well, let's not panic You know, We're a great side, we know what we have to do And I, yeah, I just think they're going to be so difficult To beat over two legs in a Champions League game as well So, I mean, assuming that they are Still going to be Going for the FA Cup Then the treble is still on But as you know under 23s look like they're going to start. Um, Kev, yeah. So anyway, as we said, that go we go two 0 down with that Henderson uh, goal, and that was it. And then we were never going to get back into it from there. Um, and then Salah, th- this is an example of how clinical they are because that long, but it was just a long ball from Allison. Um, Henderson, you know, plays an amazing ball, it has to be said, and Salah, Salah yeah. finishes it off. But Bertrand, I thought, was pretty lazy there there was no attempt to head the ball and there was no attempt to chase back, which goes back to my previous point. It was like you're 2-0 down, you're playing Liverpool at Anfield, you've got the ref against you, you've got the fans against you. You know, it's, it's just a case of like hopelessness.
2: Yeah, I think um, you, you see sort of in slow motion when um, Bednarek stretches out to try and meet that ball from Henderson and just doesn't quite get a toe to it and then it's, it's just over, isn't it?
1: Mm. And of course, I think their customary 90th minute goal that really yeah. was a bit of a scramble, a bit of a mess As Luke touched on, the defending was Yeah, it just seemed to get worse As the game went on
2: Yeah, I mean really managed um, it's, uh, it's Fabinho beating Bouffal there Gets the ball to So like I managed to pass it around the entire Back line And yeah It's just a 1-2 a Firmino there, square ball in Tapping at the, at the far post and yeah, that's it. Yeah. I think we have just, you know, they would tired us out by that point. I mean, they can always do just enough, can't they, to to see, see off a game? And yeah, yeah well, I think when that second goal went in, that was it. I mean, we were led like lambs to a kebab shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that so that was it. It was four 0 Um, but you know, we must have been full of hope at half time. But yeah, it was a very very good effort. As though the four-nil, did flatter them. We we had the better chance, especially in the first half, causing their defence lots of problems. They're forcing the back passes. Um, Gomez looked injudicious at parts. Um, but in spite of that back pass and the penalty claim, uh, would it have changed the outcome of the game? Probably not. I don't think so. Um,
2: lost lost two-one probably. Yeah, <laughs>
1: maybe or something. But Liverpool would have found the way yeah. to win, as you said. And they're they're ruthless when they need to be. But as I say, nevertheless, a very unfair scoreline. Um, but we take it, march on, and then we concentrate on getting on the fifth, getting to the fifth round of the cup before, obviously, we've got Burnley. But um, yeah, Luke, any final thoughts on this game?
0: Just that, just that. There's no, there's no need to panic. Is what I would say. There's, there's no, there's yeah. no shame in losing to a team that's now picked up a hundred points from a impossible hundred and two. That frankly is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's absolutely okay. the 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 next five games for us. Are all really really winnable? Yep. I don't. I'm not going to say we're going to get 15 points because we know exactly what Saints are like. We'll <laughs> probably end up with nine. Well, I mean, that might even be ambitious, knowing how knowing how we go about the winnable games. Yes. But but look, it's we're still, in my opinion, absolutely safe now. I think there are just too many teams below us that are worse, and it, it's time to stop looking over our shoulders. It's time to start looking up and looking forward. And I think that I think that we enter a good period now. Hopefully, the lads can can do well against Spurs and then have a nice break and be fresh
1: and ready to go for the Burnley game. I like that. I like that optimism. Um, Kevin, before we put this game to bed, um, have you got any, any stats?
2: Um, I do have some stats, although I did want to say that um, I wasn't impressed with Gineppo at all and I'd be very surprised if he started against Spurs in the Cup.
1: just goes back to our previous point that we seem to make, that whenever he starts, he just doesn't get involved enough. He comes off the bench and we seem to have a match winner there, but yeah,
2: I don't know. He's, I think still, it's got to be team he's still he's still young. Yeah, I suppose. but um yes that's so um they had sixty uh, two percent possession to our thirty eight. Um, in the first half they had even more possession, sixty nine percent to a thirty
1: one. Mm. Um, you expect that at Anfield though, don't
2: you? Yeah. Yeah t- totally. And that's what we do, you know, against the the bigger clubs isn't it But mm. uh, shots yeah, 8 in the first half for Liverpool, uh, 10 for us in the first half but then uh, kind of evened out 16 shots to them and 17 to us and like I say we both had 4 shots on target in the first half and we didn't make any in the second and Liverpool got another 5 hmm. uh, right. yeah corners
1: they had a lot
2: of corners so I 11 think, you know, that
1: was wasn't it
2: yeah. Yeah, eleven in total. Six in the first half. But um yeah, Liverpool didn't have any in the second half. So I'm, these are the kind of set piece situations that we could capitalise on, but we don't really seem to be doing much from them at all. Mm,
1: if only we had a six foot eight centre back.
2: Oh if only yeah. <laughs> Who could reach a ball? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um okay, so uh Luke, man of the match for you. A bit of a tricky one. Yeah, it, um, I agree. I think the,
0: the collective performance in the first half impressed me, but I think in you know the second half we were outdone. So it's quite difficult to pick a one standout player. But I think I'd, I'd kind of be inclined to say Alex McCarthy. I think in the in the first half he made a couple of good saves. I don't really think any of the goals are his fault. Um, I just think for, for the lads who were solid in the first half, like you know Stevens and Bedlarek it, it all it all fell apart in the second. Mm. So it's it's a bit it's a bit tricky to kind of. To say that I think you know Shane Long worked hard up front. Danny Ings' decision making let him down, but on another day, you know, is is Maisie run in between the best defence in the world, wins Saints a penalty at the decisive time. It's it, it's fine margins, but I think I think i will go with Alex McCarthy.
1: Okay, well I mean I've written down I I think Bednarik, as you said, had a really good first half, as did Jack Stevens. But I think yeah, as you said, that first half they did everything you expect them to do, mm-hmm. but we lost four 0 so I don't think, as you said, I know Alex McCarthy's not at fault for any of those goals, but I don't think we can give it to a defender just simply because of that and the way that we fell apart in the second half. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I was inclined to give it to Danny because I just felt like everything, every chance that we had or we're going to have, it would be you know him that does it. Um, and I'm, I like the fact that he, you know, Ralph took him off, was it 70th minute? I mean, yeah, to me, that, yeah. yeah. To me, that says that he's he's playing on Wednesday. Um, yeah, mm. I thought you know he should have had a penalty. Uh, but yeah, and I think Ralph. Actually, it has to be said that I think Ralph is managing very well this year, and he's kept him injury free. But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it to um, give it to Danny Ings.
2: Yeah, I'll also give it to Danny Ings. I think he kind of gets it by default, really, um, for the effort he's put in. I think if we were going to get a goal, it would come from, from him. We were unfortunate not to get that penalty. And, yeah, I don't think there can be any qualms about his performance at all.
1: Okay, cool. Okay, so we've, we've slipped to 11th now, still on 31 points, but as Luke said, the next few fixtures will, well, will decide our fate this season. Um, it's critical mm-hmm. that we take you know, as many as we possibly can here. So I'll just go through them quickly. As you know, we've got Spurs on Wednesday in the FA Cup, so Hopefully we can progress to the fifth round where we will play at Norwich, which will be a nice nice home tie again. But as I said, in the league, we've got Burnley uh, Villa at home, West Ham away, Newcastle at home and Norwich away. I mean, as Luke had said, you know, we've got to pick up some points there. That's some massive uh, games coming up there that we can take points on, Kev.
2: Yeah, I think by the end of that we'll know whether we're still in that relegation struggle or not or whether we can start looking further up the table. Mm. But yeah, I don't think anyone but the most deluded Saints fans was expecting anything from this game. Um, we all know it's yeah, those, those kind of fixtures that are going to make or break our season. But I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes, that should be a good one. Right, OK, so we will turn our attention to Tottenham on Wednesday. Uh, Luke... What sort of game can we expect here, and what sort of lineups?
0: I think it's going to be tight. I think you know Jose Mourinho pretty much has to go for the FA Cup because Spurs have been awful in the Premier League, and it's it's their only chance of winning a trophy. I can't envisage them getting to the Champions League final again. Mm-hmm. Um, but but equally, we're in a good position now. We're a we're a, you know I'd say we're pretty safe. Uh, fears of relegation are you know touch wood behind us. It'll be it'll be a cagey game. Mourinho's going to know how dangerous we are on the break, but I do. I wouldn't sound confident, but there's definitely a sense of quite optimism. Uh Ralph's coped quite well against Spurs in large parts for the, the three games we've come up against them this season. And with the backing of five and a half th- you know, five and a half thousand fans at the stadium, it could be a sp- it could be quite a special night, you know. It it uh it could be a really, really entertaining game and yeah, there's there's a there's a sense of hope, I think.
1: Oh, that's good um who do you, who would you expect to be playing do you, do you expect gunn to come in for McCarthy
0: i'd I'd like to keep a settled side
1: bearing, um, be, bearing in mind, we've got a break now we don't play next Saturday, so should he yeah. just, just go all out and play the team that played pretty much against Liverpool
0: I think it's going to be about striking a balance. I think Angus Gunn had a good game against Spurs in, in the first mm. you know in in the first outing, but I'd be inclined to bring Alex McCarthy back in purely because. This is a game I would love us to win, and he is our number one. I'd, I'd persist with the back four of Prowse, Bednorak, Stevens, and Bertrand. If Valerie isn't ready to play, a midfielder of Hoyberg and Ramayu picks itself. If Prowse is, of course, at right back, mm-hmm. I'd bring Boothal in for Gineppo. I think Gineppo's better off the bench. That, as okay. you, know, that
1: was my next as question, Yeah,
0: as you yeah. alluded to, and I'd, I'd keep Redmond out wide because I think he's important to the balance of our team up front. I'd make one change. Uh, I'd take Shane Long out and I'd bring Michael Obafemi in Ooh. because I think that I think Obafemi and Ings is our best partnership. I wrote a piece about that in in the uh, in the past week. I think that nice. Shane Long <laughs> and Ings, Ings do work well, but I think that Michael Obafemi is a very, very, very clever player, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. He makes very good passes, finds space really well, and I think Ings and Obafemi could be the way forward.
1: I think there's a certain sense that of unknowing unknown about. Obafemi especially when he's played in Premier League games there's not a lot of teams that know an awful, awful lot about him so yeah. he, he has got that pace and he has got that strength so yeah maybe I mean I still want to see more of Shea Adams
0: Yeah I, I would I'd like to see Shay, but I think that the reality is now and it is a sad reality that he's our false choice striker mm. um, hasn't he always set his school out with Long and Femi as the, the partners to England and you know, I don't think Adams has been particularly bad this season. He's he's chipped in with a couple of assists, but I think that when Ings and Adams play together, they tend to make the same runs and they cover the same spaces. Apart from the rare exception of that Leicester game where Adams dropped deep and made a fantastic ball through to Ings, oh, yes, we've not seen. Amazing, yeah, that was a brilliant goal, but we, we've yeah. not we've not seen enough of that. We've not seen. I don't know. I just I just think that with Ings, you need you need a creative forward to get the best out of him and for me Long does that to an extent with selfless running and he makes he can draw defenders out of position but Michael Obafemi is is a clever player his vision is very very good and he he could be that that nice that nice player to compliment Ings and to perhaps get, them, get the most out of him if you cast your mind back to the to the first game against Spurs Obafemi drew he, he he drove two you know balls across the face of goal Ings nearly Mm, nearly yes, capitalised yes. on nearly scored, and I just I wonder if maybe there's there's a partnership to be had there
1: Possibly um, Kev what do you think about the line-up do you agree with Luke or would you do something different
0: Yeah I'd
2: agree with that I think uh, we're going to see a similar side that we fielded at home in the Cup
1: But then it all, all depends whether um, Valerie's back as well doesn't it uh,
2: Yeah unless unless Valerie does miraculously get fit enough then yeah we'll, we'll see the same back line that we put out against Liverpool um, Yeah I'd, Probably favour Bufal over Gineppo, and then yeah, it and no Premier Oh,
1: you're gonna you're gonna go against your boyfriend Long. Um,
2: it's, it's not that I'm against him, but um, it, it's clearly it's clear that uh, Ralph thinks that it's a successful strike pairing. It worked against them last time round, and yeah, uh, Luke, Luke put it exactly right. He's the perfect kind of player to to match up with things.
1: Okay, right, I'll go into predictions then, and I will ask Luke. You can go first. What's the score going to be? I'm going to go with an optimistic
0: two-one win. I think no no line will shock me, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to say thanks to winning normal time two-one. Yeah, nice,
1: very optimistic. I like it, Kevin. What about you?
2: I'm not so optimistic. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know why, but I've got a very bad feeling about this game, and I don't think we're going to win it. I think it's going to be tight, and Spurs are going to edge it one nil. One
1: 0 Okay. No, I'm. I'm going to be the pessimist as always, and it goes back to what Luke said as well that the Spurs are, you know, that they are only realistically going for this FA Cup, and I think they'll be going absolutely hammer and tong for it. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think they're going to be too much. And I think two-one Spurs for the opposite to what Luke said. So two-one Spurs for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So we've got uh, a bit of a dilemma here. You've got a choice of wearing a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleeping in a haunted house for ten.
0: I'd sleep in the haunted house. <laughs> but if I were to wear the pompy shirt, I'd just wear a hoodie over it. Good. Uh-huh. Good.
1: I think. Very uh, straight out there with that one as well. Um, okay, would you rather be half the height of Kyle Walker-Peters or twice the height of Yannick Vestergaard? <laughs> uh,
0: twice the height of Yannick Vestergaard. Yay. Which one's a bit taller anyway. So, why
1: not? I like <laughs>
2: it, I like it And yeah, we do love the good fan chant here hear it in that number What's your favourite chant that's uh, tickled your funny bonus that St Mary's of the last few seasons?
0: Oh, we, we haven't we haven't had that many I think since that 13-14 season when all of our good players mm. went and our good chants went Um, mm. I've got to go with Danny Ings as the King of the Scummers, I think Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one
1: We do like that one Luke, thank you so much for coming on today, it's been, it's been great, you've been the perfect guest. No, thank you very much for having me again, it's good. We would love to have you back on again sometime as well, so whenever you want to. Yeah. Of course, thank you. Excellent.
2: Okay. Yeah, pleasure to all of us, it was great to chat to you. Yeah. Up the Saints.
1: Yeah, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Okay, here we are with the extra time segment. Um, we'll start off as usual with the predictions. We both went for a Liverpool win, obviously, but I went for a 3-1, you went for a 2-1, so two points each, so the scores are now 49-37 to you. Uh, Super Mm -hmm. 6. Round 38 in the week was won by Ben Wyatt with 9. Quite a low-scoring week, actually. I didn't score... Mm -hmm. No, I think I scored 2. But yeah, 9 for Ben Wyatt, that was a pretty good score, to be fair. Um, Which led the overall lead was Adam Darlington on 304 points. And round 39 was yesterday's games, and that was won by Adrian Roche with 11 points. Which now leaves the table with Tony Randall and Tom Hennigan joint on 310. So Adam Darlington was top on Tuesday night, and now he slipped to third. So, yeah, Tony Randall and Tom Hennigan top, so well done to them. Uh, Kevin, we have to do the fantasy football again, don't we?
2: We do, yeah. Can I just start with uh, last week's game week? Sure. 24. Uh, just because i got I got 83 points. Uh, oh, I just want to gloat about that slightly. Well All done. So sort I of fell in my favour. 12. Dallie De- De- Alley, Jackie Stevens, and... Alexander Arnold, my triple captain, all came out quite well for me. Uh, Again, ridiculous number of points on the bench. (laughs) Another 15 points there on the bench. And that put me, in our podcast, within two points of uh, the leader, John Bailey, who I thought was absolutely unreachable. But then this week, um, he's pulled out at the back. He's captained Mo Salah and got 80 points. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, my team's. Yeah, would you have been? Two.
1: Would you have been happy if you did? Though, let's face it. Would you? You know, you're taking points off of Saints misery.
2: Uh, I don't know. Yes, yeah, I've money. never had that beat. <laughs> it is really, isn't it? Mm. Um, they. Yeah, your Fifty Shades of Grey performed similarly. Um. Yeah, Bertrand's captain. Be
1: yeah, I don't know why wonder. that was, because I never put him as captain. I think that, I don't know, maybe I did it by mistake, because I carefully selected mine, and it wasn't Bertrand. I don't know how that's happened. Is there a thing that does it automatically? I don't know. Because it's be uh, clearly not me.
2: Well, your advice captain normally takes it if uh, it gets subbed out for injury or whatever, but yeah, maybe it was just a, a misclick.
1: Yeah, I don't get that. But well, I mean, I, I selected the right goalkeeper for once. So that was good. I, I put the, the the weaker goalie on the bench this week. I think Wan-Bissaka scored me nine points. Landyke scored me six. Chilwell scored me seven. So, I don't think it was too bad. Yeah. I've still got Alderweireau to play and Sterling, who's my vice-captain. Stupidly, but yeah.
2: There we go. But yeah, in, our, in that number podcast uh league this season. Um, at the top it's still Steve McCulloch in Ralph trust Uh he's you yeah, know fifty one points ahead at the top so um, no real chance for anybody else. Um Jamie Thorpe and Lucy Heiner are tied on one thousand four hundred and fifty six points each. So you know up there. And Dan Buck makes it into the top ten with his absolutely progress
1: Nice. Okay. Um have you got a Russian phrase for me this week? Did do I just say uh-huh. do you got a Russian phrase? That's really good grammar by the way. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I should give you an English phrase first don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: how I was thinking about this and I thought maybe we could say something like um, he's no friend of ours. Okay.
2: <laughs> so yeah, he's no friend of ours would be on nam drug."
1: Oh my. On nam Nedrug. On nam drug. On nam Okay. Mm. okay, on um, Nedrug. Uh,
2: yeah. So, yeah, I'm your friend Kevin, uh, Kevin friend.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, thank you, I think that's about it this week, Kev. Um, but before we go, we, you know we like our predictions, can I get your prediction for Super Bowl 54?
2: Um, yeah, I think the, the steamers will get it in the, the second <laughs> third. third. Um, they'll <laughs> win a, a, a score kick. <laughs> um, in uh, overtime
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice ok but yeah anyway seriously who's going to win
2: what's my choice
1: uh, Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers
2: um, the Chiefs
1: Chiefs have not won it since Super Bowl 4 just to let you know and the 49ers have won 5 of them in the 80s yep so you're going to go they're, with the Chiefs
2: they're, yeah they're going to make history by uh, having me look like I know something about American football <laughs>
1: Now they've got a good chance, both of them have. But it's one of those Super Bowls that I can't really decide. I'm really unsure. I've got good cases for both of them winning it and losing it, but I don't know. But I want the 49ers to win, so I'll be cheering them on tonight. So, come on, you 49ers. Okay, Up the 49ers. One,
2: just, just, just one last thing, and I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to say, with uh, a, a little break between the podcast and our new signing. I you.
1: How can you do a song about Walker Piers?
2: Well, that's the challenge, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be difficult. But, uh, yeah, have yourself listening out for what could could work it into.
1: (laughs) God, I'll let you do it, yeah. I'll just uh, sit back.
2: Oh, you do your best, mate. I'll
1: try. I'll try. Right, okay, so. On that note, up the 49ers. Up the Saints. Up the Saints.
0: <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.